Our scripture lesson is taken from Philippians chapter 3, page 1350, page 1350, Philippians chapter 3, reading 14 verses with particular attention to verses 7 through 11. Philippians 3, verse 1, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same thing to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Rejoice in Jesus Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. But indeed, I also count all things for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rugged that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As far the reading of God's word, may he add his blessing to it. Beloved of the Lord, I want to uh, focus with you on the words of uh, uh, at the end of verse 8 that uh, where the Apostle Paul says, that I may gain Christ. He wants to gain Christ, and he says that because he wants us also to strive to gain Christ. Now, to understand those words, we need to understand a little of the context in which they're found. And the context is one in which the Apostle Paul is warning the church against a very serious theological error, the error of the Judaizers, uh, whom he calls uh, dogs, evildoers, and mutilators of the flesh. He's referring to Christians who were Jews, uh, who, when they became Christians, thought that, uh, yes, uh, Christ can save Gentiles too, but only if those Gentiles also become uh, fully Jewish, meaning they needed to obey all the ceremonial laws and uh, they needed especially to undergo circumcision. If they were to become Jews, then they too, Gentiles too, could be saved by the the Jewish Messiah. Uh, These teachers uh, perverted the the, uh, teaching of the Old Testament. They they saw Jesus as uh, confirming that the only way to God was through uh, mosaic ceremonies through uh, uh, temple sacrifices and so forth, that uh, Jesus had come to uh, ratify that and uh, confirm it. And therefore, uh, if you wanted to be saved, you, uh, if you were a Gentile, you first had to become a good Jew, and then you could be saved by the Jewish Messiah. 
For Paul, uh, circumcision was never the key to opening the door to God's presence or God's blessing. Uh, He was well aware that in the Old Testament there are a number of references to the fact that uh, physical circumcision isn't the main thing, but circumcision of the heart. And he himself uh, wrote that in his letter to the Romans in chapter 2, verse 29. He says, uh, circumcision of the heart by the spirit and not the written code. That's, That's what makes a person acceptable to God, is that their hearts are circumcised. The uh, the Judaizers, these Jewish Christians, referred to themselves as the, the party of the circumcision. And uh, they referred to the Gentiles as dogs, meaning uh, they were unclean. But Paul says that by relying on physical circumcision, they were the unclean dogs and the evildoers in the sight of God. Uh, Paul's condemnation was was not motivated by, motivated by uh, jealousy as if uh, these... Uh, Jews had uh, uh, the right to uh, boast about things of which Paul didn't have. Uh, Paul was no stranger to the Jewish law. Uh, he was circumcised on the eighth day. He was thus no uh, convert or proselyte. He was a true Jew, a, a Hebrew of Hebrews, meaning uh, both his mother and father were of uh, Jewish uh, descent and of uh, uh, Abraham's uh, descent. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, why would he mention that? Well, uh, the tribe of Benjamin in the book of Judges was a bad tribe, but the tribe of Benjamin had redeemed themselves in Jewish history when all of Israel rebelled against David and the house of Judah. Benjamin was the only tribe that remained loyal to uh, David who was the the true anointed servant of the Lord. And uh, they remained true and continued to worship in the temple where everybody else, the other eleven, ten tribes, uh, worshipped at Dan and Bethel and worshipped golden calves and so forth. Uh, Benjamin was the the tribe that uh, stuck with the Lord's anointed servant and with uh, God's uh, temple. And so uh, uh, he counts himself a member of that uh, exalted tribe. Uh, he's a Pharisee, which was the strictest group among the Israelites, and uh, not only a name, uh, but he was uh, a zealous defender of the faith, the persecuting the church. With regard to the law, he says he was righteous, which doesn't mean he was sinless, but it does mean that he, when he sinned, he observed all the ceremonies for getting rid of sin and being made clean again. These are the things the Jews boasted about. These are what they took pride in. And uh, what they thought set them above the rest of mankind and made them superior. Uh, it's what they thought uh, was their, their ticket to heaven. And Paul had all of these things. So he's, he's not uh, condemning these Judaizers because uh, uh, he's jealous that they have something that he doesn't have. He has all uh, that they have and he has it in spades. He has it uh, uh, even better than most of them. But uh, he considers them an obstacle to obtaining what is really necessary for acceptance by God. Uh, Paul says that whatever advantage such credentials uh, gain, he, he, uh, he rejects those advantages and uh, considers them as, as rubbish. The word there is uh, literally dung or excrement. Uh, he considers them as uh, uh, highly offensive, uh, hated things. And... Uh, his life as a as a Christian proved that he didn't 
put any stock in these things because uh, his life as a Christian uh, manifests itself as uh, in such a way that he became homeless and uh, often friendless and was hated and persecuted by those who uh, used to look up to him. Why does he reject that which gave him standing in the community? Well, because it hinders and prevents obtaining something far more wonderful. Namely, uh, it prevents him from gaining Christ. And uh, that's what we need to understand. What what does it mean to, to gain Christ? Well, to gain Christ is an aspect of knowing Christ. Now, knowing Christ is more than just being acquainted with him intellectually. Knowing Christ, as far as Paul was concerned, meant being united to Christ and sharing in all that Christ has. He uh, writes a, a little later in our text that... Uh, uh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, that I may also attain to the resurrection from the dead. If he knows Christ, he, it means I, I share in his power, I share in his life. And that's what he's thinking about when he, when he talks about gaining Christ. If you look at the uh, structure of verse 8 of our text, he says, uh, I count uh, all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. And then he says, I have suffered the loss of all things that I may gain Christ. Both times he says, I lose these things so that I may know him. I lose these things so that I may gain Christ. So knowing Christ and gaining Christ are the same uh, uh, aspects of uh, uh, alternate aspects of the same thing. Gaining Christ means obtaining all that Christ accomplished for the benefit of lost sinners. To, to make them acceptable to God. To gain Christ means to be found in Christ. That's another expression that he uses in this text to, to try to flesh it out and help us to understand what it is to know Christ and to gain Christ. It's to, to be found in Christ. Uh, to be found in Christ means uh, to be identified with him. It's like uh, putting on a uniform so that when people look at you, they say, oh, he's wearing the Christian uniform. He's, he's in Christ's service. He's, he's joined himself to, to that group that, that follows Christ. He's a, a Christian because he's wearing the Christian uniform. Uh, George uh, Whitfield gave a different illustration. He said that uh, being found in Christ or gaining Christ means... Uh, uh, being found in the city of refuge when the avenger of blood is seeking to put you to death. You may recall from Old Testament history that God set aside certain cities in Israel that were called cities of refuge. Three on one side of the Jordan, three on the uh, uh, three on the east side, three on the west side. And anyone who accidentally killed someone uh, without malice or, or any uh, anger, uh, could flee to the city of refuge and make his case to the elders there. And when the avenger of blood, who was authorized to put murderers to death, came to say, I, I, uh, this person murdered my brother or so forth, they would say, no, we've heard his case and we are convinced that uh, it was an accidental killing or they may have the trial at that time when the accuser comes. Uh, but uh, in the city of refuge, the one who was innocent of murder was safe safe from the wrath of the avenger. Uh, being found in Christ is being found in that city where uh, God's wrath can't uh, touch you. Uh, that's what it is to gain Christ and to, to be found in Christ. Uh, another illustration from Scripture would be to uh, go back to the Exodus, the first Exodus, and the people who were in houses in Egypt, 
Some houses had blood uh, smeared above the door. Other houses did not. The people who were in the houses smeared with blood were safe. They were uh, found in a place of safety. And so the angel of death who was visiting the wrath of God uh, didn't go into that house because they were safe in that house. That's what it is to to gain Christ. Now, why is gaining Christ uh, such an important thing? Well, he says gaining Christ means I have a righteousness that is not my own. I have a righteousness that is through faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, He contrasts uh, the righteousness that we accomplish for ourselves when we attempt to obey God's law. Uh, We we try to obey God's law. We try to be good. And uh, when we try to be good, we make a a certain degree of progress in being good. and, And that's our righteousness. That's our righteousness through the law. But he says that righteousness is no good. It's full of holes because our best deeds are as filthy rags in the God, sight of God. They're corrupted by bad motives and incomplete obedience. And they're done for our own glory rather than for God's glory. And therefore, our righteousness will never stand uh, to protect us. We're never safe from the wrath of God if we're relying on our own righteousness. No, we need a different kind of righteousness, the perfect righteousness and satisfaction of Jesus Christ, which is given to each one of you like a a white robe, a uniform to wear, so that uh, when you're wearing the perfect robe of Christ's righteousness, uh, God looks at you and sees not your sin, but he sees the perfect righteousness and satisfaction of Christ that he accomplished for us when he died for us and, and was raised for our justification. Uh, to be found in Christ, to gain Christ, means to gain his righteousness as our own. That's what he wants. He wants to be identified with Christ and his righteousness so that uh, he is no longer subject to the wrath of God, but is accepted by God through faith and by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In gaining Christ, uh, Paul has gained something far more excellent than than worldly acceptance or worldly esteem. Uh, He's uh, gained acceptance by God. Now, what Paul describes here of his own desire, he is setting forth so that you will desire the same thing. He wants you to take the same kind of attitude that... uh, Uh, Your worldly accomplishments, your worldly standing in this world, however uh, the world might esteem you or uh, look up to you, uh, that you count that as nothing, but rather that you desire also to be found in Christ, to to gain Christ, to gain his righteousness, which you gain when you look to him in faith. Think of it in terms of, of your obituary. You know, one day there's going to be an obituary written about all of us. And that obituary is usually written by uh, a child of the deceased or a a niece or a nephew or perhaps a a sibling uh, of the deceased writes it. But whoever writes it usually uh, is motivated by a desire to honor the deceased by Uh, listing some of the noteworthy or praiseworthy accomplishments that this person has accomplished in their life. They'll say that this person has made a significant contribution to the family or a significant contribution to the church or a contribution uh, uh, to uh, the the community. They'll uh, describe the various uh, civic clubs you were a member of or the uh, 
the work that you did that benefited others, the volunteer service you might have engaged in, and uh, the fact that maybe you taught Sunday school or served as an elder or a deacon or whatever, any praiseworthy deeds that you have accomplished will probably appear in your obituary. Now, I don't know if you've given thought to your obituary or not and whether you want that in there or not. Some people don't want that kind of stuff, and so they uh, preclude it by writing their own. But most people don't get around to doing that. And uh, But we do think about it sometimes. Uh, and we think about our own lives, and we think, uh, you know, my life isn't all that bad. I, I've uh, achieved a certain amount of financial stability and uh uh, achieved some uh, esteem and respect of the community in which I live and among the people with whom I work. And my work seems to have been appreciated by others. And uh, I have uh, friends, lots of friends uh, and so forth. And we kind of pat ourselves on the back for having amounted to something in this world. Well, is that what you're going to trust in is that what you're going to take pride in is that is that what's going to be the the thing that says that's my identity the the work that i've done the the positions that i have held the uh, service that i have given that's who i am and that's what i'm proud of and that's what i'm relying on and i trust that god will recognize who i am and what i've done and uh, reward me accordingly well That's the kind of thing Paul says, that's all rubbish. That's all dung. That's all excrement. That's nothing. And I won't get you anywhere with God. The only thing that will get you in with God is that you are identified with Jesus Christ, that you know him, that you've gained him, that you're found in him. And as we come to the Lord's table today, we want to be reminded of that truth, of our need to be to to gain Christ and his righteousness. Why did he die on the cross? Why was his body broken? Why was his blood shed? Because he lived the life we should have lived and then suffered the death that we deserve to die so that we through faith in him might be made righteous in the sight of God, not by our deeds, but by what he did for us. Is Is it your desire to gain Christ, to be found in him, and to consider what the world respects and admires as rubbish of worth nothing and uh, will gain you nothing and come with joy and gladness to the table of the Lord and there find in Jesus Christ that which will enable you indeed to be found in Christ not only in this life but in the resurrection as well. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this reminder from Paul to... uh, Consider with disdain uh, that which the world admires and respects and to uh, no longer trust in those things or boast of those things, but instead to uh, consider them as nothing and to value instead the perfect righteousness and satisfaction of Jesus Christ, which is made ours through faith in him. O Father, bring us to faith and strengthen that faith day by day. We ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.